It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Line. Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Napa Auto Parts in Baxter, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Nielsen Hardware and RV, your Central Minnesota Ice Castle dealer, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. Well, who would have thought two and a half weeks ago we'd be this fired up heading into Fishing Opener Weekend, but here we are. Full Lake reports from all across the state from our usual cast of characters. We'll also talk to John Thielen, host of Lindy's Fishhead TV on FSN. We're going to be fishing cold water this weekend. He's got some tactics on doing that as well as some shore fishing tips. Chris Cavanaugh with the Minnesota DNR will drop by to talk about some changing regs, especially with Northern Pike heading into open water season. And another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on our fishing opener special of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick the show off. We're going to start up north and kind of make our way down towards the Brainerd Lakes area and head west uh, a little bit too. But uh, we start up north here on our fishing opener special with Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. A lot of people, Matt, obviously the northern part of the state is a destination for opener, Lake Bemidji, Cass, Red, always on people's radar. What can you tell us up there, Matt? Is ice out happening, or we still got ice on lakes up there? Most of the lakes are ice-free. Um, you know, a few a few waters still have a little bit left, but but I think we're in good shape. I mean, I have been proven wrong. I, I figured there's no way that people would be able to fish Bemidji, but, uh, but if people want to get out there, uh, when I drove by it this morning, uh, a guy could get out and fish for sure. The wind, I think, was the main was the main thing. You know, it moved that ice around, allowed water to get into a lot of those cracks, crevices, and soft spots, and then you know it broke it up against shore pretty hard. And once you break break ice up, you know it it melts a lot quicker. There's a lot of boats driving by uh, my office, and a lot of boats driving past my house. Everybody's getting ready and. And it looks like it's going to be pretty darn good. I wouldn't downsize at all. Uh, River Shiner in a in a jig. Honestly, don't think this opener is going to be any different than any other opener. The water temps really aren't that terrible. Um, one of my guides was out crappie fishing two days ago, and he had a surface temp of 54 in a bay. You know, we're what maybe a week or two behind schedule. But the walleyes didn't really care. They kind of spawned pretty close to to when they typically do. Maybe a hair late, but uh, but you're still going to find fish on those shallow sand flats, and and they're going to be hungry because they're going to be post-spawn, so uh, they're going to be looking to, to put a lot of weight back on. So uh, the first three, four weeks of the season are going to be incredible, and uh, I would just stick to that, that shallow water um, on those sand flats and and with some good sunlight and, and some, warm, uh, some good warm-ups here, we're going to get cabbage growth and Things are going to get really good in the in the cabbage edges as soon as those, those start to pop. So I'd be looking in that 9 to 13 feet with a jig and a minnow. And I have a feeling, and maybe this isn't going too far out on the branch, but uh, red, I have a feeling being, as you said, shallower water, sandy bottom. Uh, red Lake could be a really, really good opener this year. Red Lake is going to be a zoo, and <laughs> it's and I assume it's going to be very good. Um, you know, what was it, two or three years ago we had, 
a similar scenario where the ice, you know, went out just just right before opener, and and I remember that year that uh, that red was was pretty bonkers. And what about Cass? You think uh, that's going to be a destination for people too? Obviously, we talked last year, Matt, that um, there was a lot of change with with Cass with the zebra mussels and stuff. People had to kind of relearn that lake. Uh, are people, you think that's going to be pretty busy over there too? I think the adjoining lakes uh, early in the season typically they get hit pretty hard, and they're always very good. Um, you know, you got the the river system that runs through there, and and the fish really really like to to give themselves up in uh, in some of those smaller bodies of water connected to castle so like Kitchy, Andruja, Pike Bay, you know, th- those would be my destinations if I were going. Um, you know, Cass is big and it can be intimidating, but if if that's where you want to go and that's that's where you are are destined to be, um, you know, you can find a lot of good water out there too. It's just a, a lot more searching. The zebra mussel issue this early in the season isn't going to really play a factor. Every lake is is going to be pretty darn clear. Um, typically around opener, all these all these lakes around here are are very clear. So so early in the season is is a good time to fish gas. And then once we get into June and July, that's when you know the the clarity starts to really play a factor, and the fish get a lot more finicky. So that'll be a good opener spot too, I think. And one last lake to uh, mention, and usually all quiet over on Winnie, as, as usual, Matt. Anything there do you think is going to be special this year? I know there was a little bit of ice floating around out there yet, um, but I think it's going to be a, a really good opener out there. <laughs> we always talk about how funny it is that nobody really talks about it, but I know a lot of guys that fished it this past winter, and they had very, very good success. So, you know, if that translates into into open water, it's going to be it's going to be a really good opener and good first three four weeks and might it might even be one of those years where winnie is fantastic i've decided that it's just the isolation of of where winnie is located is why we don't hear much but you know a lot of the people from around here don't travel over there as often because uh the perch perch kind of fell off and that used to be why a lot of people went and the people who run over there i don't think they talk about it much they just go over and do their thing and come back and and enjoy the spoils and don't really say much so there you go. Well, that's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out at northcountryguides.com. Link up to all social media there as well. Matt will be joining us throughout the spring and summer each and every week, as he always does with the Up North Report. I appreciate it, Matt. Uh, safe travels, buddy, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Thanks. We continue with our fishing opener special of Brainerd Outdoors, and we head west, head west, young man, as they say, out to uh, Ottertail Lake. We bring in our good friend Eric Osberg with the Outdoor Report out there. Eric, like many, you are fired up for opener, I would assume. I am very fired up. I'm actually one of those guys. I'm going to go out at midnight. Are you now? I am. Do you do that every year? No, I don't, but I, the, the stars and moon is, are lining up. I have an opportunity, and so, yeah, I'll be in a boat. I'll be in a boat at 11:30 p.m. and and I won't be fishing, you know. But at uh, the stroke of midnight, I'm gonna drop a I'm gonna drop a lure in the water. Is Walleye Willie gonna be with you? He wants to. Um, we're gonna see how his day goes, right? Uh, I I'll, I'm gonna let him try. You know, if if as long as he's not crying and whining, I'm gonna let him try. And and if he doesn't make it, then he doesn't make it. But why not? What the heck? He's nine. It's time to time to be a man so. sure well for those that, uh, that aren't familiar with the show walleye willie is eric's son who basically has a golden rod when you think about it <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh he's he's a pretty lucky kid he uh he tends to he puts time in though right right like he, he you know we actually we went fishing 
we were looking for crappies in one of a, in a shallow bay on a lake last week, and and um, you know he stood there with a rod in his hand for four or five hours, you know, and and he put his time in. So he, every fish he caught, I think he earned. Well, for a nine-year-old, that's pretty impressive when you think about. It. I don't know if I have that much patience, but anyway, uh, out... I want I wanted to go <laughs> right. uh, out there on Ottertail, uh, Eric. You guys are open now, right? Ice out, everything's good to go. Yep, everything. I, I mean, I can't vouch for every single lake, but if I was a bet man, I'd bet that every single lake is one hundred percent ice free. So that's good to hear. So you'll probably be dealing with some of the same things that uh, uh, other anglers will be dealing throughout the state, and that's colder water temps, Eric. Yeah, I, the, the good news is they're warming up fast. The not so good news is, you know, the, the walleye spawn, it, it, you know, it was condensed, right? So, so they they started to run, you know, a couple of weeks ago, when the water temps were in about forty-seven degrees. Where I was on a body water today, actually, and and the water temps range from 57 to 60 so those yeah those those walleyes they all did their thing you know the smaller males the the good eaters should still be plenty active uh the bigger females will probably be in rest mode uh but you might stumble into you know one or two here or there uh and as as i'm sure everybody has already said shallow 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 so that's going to be the 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 strategy is is you know don't be afraid to look shallow and when i say shallow i mean three feet, two feet shallow. I mean, I, you know, I talk a lot about fishing on the, the shallow side of the break on otter tail. You might find yourself way away from the break before you, before you stumble into them. So, but no, they'll, they'll be there. And, and I'm sure some of them will be fooled into biting a lure. What is your presentation over openers, Eric? You know, I, I love covering water and, and I love pulling crankbaits. As, as crazy as it sounds, I will probably spend some time pulling crankbaits. Just because I get to cover so much water, and and it's you know, it might sound contrarian, right? Like, no, it's too water's too cold. They won't be that aggressive. Well, I'd rather find active fish than lazy fish, and and so if the if the trolling isn't working, there's nothing wrong with. I mean, if if, if you're in shallow water, standing up on the bow of the boat with a, a crankbait, a casting crank, you know, a, a, a husky jerk or a, or an old school floating rapala just casting that thing as far as you can and swimming it back. I mean, almost like bass fishing. You're not surface fishing, but uh, something that'll run in that shallow water. And, and, and you can fan cast and cover those flats, those shallow flats that uh, there might be some fish still up on. Don't forget about the panfish out that way because, uh, as you've said many times, otter tail and some of the surrounding lakes, well, you, you like to call it panfish paradise. It is panfish paradise. And, and, you know, if the walleyes just aren't cooperating, you know, sometimes I, I equate walleyes to cats, right? Like they're just, you know, cats, to, you know, and, and panfish seem to be. So if you're a cat person or a dog person, right? Well, I'm, I'm a dog person. And and if, if I can't figure the walleyes out or if it's just not right, um, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. The, the, I, would, I would imagine that the, the crappies are already starting to move up shallow. So daylight hours, the, the one of the things I might spend some time doing is just on the trolling motor up in the front of the boat looking and searching. You might, you might stumble across those walleyes. You don't want to, you know, spook them. But, uh, you know, weed ledges, bulrushes, those types of things, don't be afraid to, to put down the walleye rod and, and, and pick up a, something a little smaller, something a little lighter. And, and, and uh, yeah, the crappies should be, should be prime. And uh, the bluegills, are they won't be far behind probably they're usually a little bit later than the, than the crappies to move shallow 
But, uh, yeah, the walleyes aren't working. 13-inch crappies aren't a bad plan B. So uh, there's plenty of opportunity over here. There you go. That's Eric Osberg giving us the Otter Tail Report. And Eric will be joining us from time to time throughout the uh, spring and summer with the report out there as well. You can also check him out at the Outdoor Report. Dot com And if people want more information on Otter Tail, maybe, uh, Eric, they want to come out there this summer and maybe uh, spend a weekend or something like that, where can they find info on Otter Tail County? OtterTailLakesCountry.com. There you go. Eric, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, buddy, okay? Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate it. Let's head out to Mille Lacs uh, as we continue on our fishing opener special here at Brainerd Outdoors. And a lot of people use Mille Lacs as a destination, as they should, for opening weekend. It's a pretty good fishery right now. We bring in Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service. Big question, Steve. Ice out. Uh, happened uh, earlier this week. Better late than never, right? Definitely. You know, I was surprised it went real, real quick, Brian, because of uh, six days ago there was ice in a lot of places, and now we're totally ice-free, which is which is fantastic. If there's a little slab floating around, so be it. But, yep, open water, open water fishing season, you know, you can't beat it. It's all here, you know. It's it's fantastic. We waited long enough. And not only for Mille Lacs, but some of these other lakes, Steve, that, that have had laid ice out, that is the one thing we want to stress is people be, be safe out there. You don't want to be zipping around real fast because, like you said, there may still be a few chunks of ice floating around out there you may not be able to see. Well, definitely, you know, the ice doesn't just evaporate, you know, into the air. It it sinks to the bottom, you know, and if it's only a few feet down, that's a perfect target for that outboard motor of yours. So definitely be safe, you know, and everything. Keep that in mind. Don't go flying around yet for another week. Take your time. Take it easy and be slow. And that's pretty much, you mentioned slow. That's going to be the theme on this week's show, these colder water temps, Steve. Anglers are obviously going to want to fish slow as well. Definitely, Brian. That's why I mentioned go slow. I would go with a slow presentation. You know, if you can find leeches, a lindy rig moving super, super, super slow, touch bottom with that sinker lindy rig and lift up just a few inches is a key. Another good presentation that I would definitely do and I'm going to do is slip bobber fishing. These walleyes are lethargic yet. You know, ice just went out. You know, they just had a chance of spawning underneath the ice and everything. It was a quick spawn, there's no doubt. So they're lethargic. I would still fish shallow, and I would go with a slip bobber presentation with a leech no more than uh, six inches off the bottom, Brian. With these colder water temps, Steve, and you've mentioned before, sometimes those leeches, they curl right up. Uh, Is there another, if somebody wanted to go a different direction with a different type of presentation, is there something you would point them to? Definitely. I'm going to have shiners with me, Brian. You know, if, if you can find them, lake shiners are great. You know, they work fantastic this time of year. Spot tails work good. Even fathead minnows will work on occasion. But I would definitely put a shiner on about four inches long, hook him in front of the dorsal fin just very lightly, and let him sit, again, just a few inches off the bottom, no more than a foot at the most with the shiner minnow. Because walleyes this time of year, they're cruising the bottom. You know, they're not out uh, suspended yet in the main basin of the lake, you know, chasing everything. They're still near the shallows. So a shiner minnow, if the leeches are curling up, uh, like you said, which they're probably going to do with the cold water temperatures, use a shiner minnow, use a spot tail, use a chub. Anything and everything is going to work this time of year. Another great, great minnow we've had fantastic luck with, Brian, is a sucker minnow up to six inches long this time of year. You'd be surprised how many huge walleyes you catch on a sucker minnow. And you definitely going to want to work the bays, Steve, on Mille Lacs and even the shorelines uh, before getting out into that main basin? Definitely. You know, they're still in the same areas where they spawn. You know, Vineland Bay is a great area. Walk-on Cove Bay, the whole north side has been fantastic. You know, they've got that real sharp break there, all that sand. 
you know, those fish are relating to whatever is going to be warm this time of year, and it's going to be the shallow waters is the key. So until the water temperatures pick up all over the lake, they're going to remain near the shallows by the break lines. And if those walleyes are stubborn, which they could end up being this weekend, Steve, uh, don't forget about the crappies on the lax. Oh, definitely. Right now, it's one of the key things. I've got minnows just waiting to get out there and do some crappie fishing. They're gonna, they're in the shallows right now, along with the sunfish. A crappie minnow has, you know, just a plain presentation. Minnow and a hook has worked well, as much as a flu-flu with and dragging a crappie minnow through the nose, just barely hooked, has been working real well too. Fish the pencil reeds. That's the key this time of year. The bull rushes, the pencil weeds, and anywhere from about a foot and a half to five feet of water. And whenever there's live vegetation, you're going to find crappies and sunnies also. Catch and release for bass, too, uh, this weekend, Steve, out of Mille Lacs. Uh, they're in there. They're definitely in there. They're fun. You're going to catch them by accident when you're walleye fishing with those minnows. You know, pound for pound, I don't think there's a better fight than fish than, uh, you know, smallmouth bass. Uh, plenty of largemouth, too, on Mille Lacs Lake. You know, so far, our biggest to date is seven pounds. That's a heck of a largemouth bass. But pound for pound, the smallies got my vote for one of the toughest fighting fish there is. And what about these with these colder waters? Uh, how's that going to affect pike fishing, Steve? You know, it's going to it's gonna be like walleye fishing. It's going to be a slow presentation. I'm going to start off with spinner baits this time of year, but the water temperature is not quite where it should be. You know, we can anchor and one person cast and a couple people can sit and soak a sucker and it'll be a little bobber. And like I said before, you're going to get some nice walleyes too. But definitely fish the edges of the break lines. Wherever there is cabbage weeds, you're going to find those northern pike. If you can find a transition where the cabbage goes, you know, from uh, six feet of water down to eight, ten real quick, that's going to be the spot to look for as well as inside points, pockets, and every kind of inside turn you can find. There you go. Some great info out on the Big Pond, Malak, Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at PredatorGuideService.com. And Steve will be joining us each and every week throughout the spring and summer with the report out there. I appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. And this time around, we bring in Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. And uh, Ray keeps us updated on Leech and some of the area lakes here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. And, Ray, I know every opener is different, tough to predict things, but what do you think heading into this weekend? Well, I think for a lot of times when we have these really late ice outs, sometimes fishing is very good. And usually I would say look shallow because um, probably a lot of the spawning that's occurred this year has occurred under the ice. Uh, the fish are still going to spawn. And uh, in 2013, it was one of the bumper crops. That year that we had a really cold winter it was one of the bumper crops for the walleye production. Mille um, Lacs, Leech, Red Lake all saw really good bumper crops that year. So we're hoping again with this late winter, one of the side effects that could be positive is that we're going to see um, a lot of hatch success. Hopefully we'll see that. So I would say it's not uh, beyond imagination to go into two, three feet of water with jigs and minnows cast away from your boat. And I think you can find walleyes very shallow this year. Uh, There's always some walleyes deep. If you're fishing on a gull or north long, you can still find walleyes deep I can say in all honesty, I know people have caught them in 50 feet of water on the opener on Gall Lake, uh, which I don't suggest you do anymore because it's pretty hard to keep them alive when you bring them up that deep. But shallow should be good. Uh, Stay away from the boat as far as you can because when you get right over the top of them in two or three feet, you're going to spook them away. But I'm thinking we're going to find a lot of males in shallow water. There's been people in the last four or five days that I know of that have been catching crappies. Again, very shallow. You know, they're coming out of those deeper holes now, coming up along the old 
old weed beds looking for things to eat up in there. And sunfish and crappies are shallow. They can be three to five to six feet of water. Absolutely. If you're not having any luck with walleyes, go up and start maybe bobber fishing and try to get up into those shallows and see if you can find some panfish because they're definitely in there. Are leeches pretty much out of the game right now? No. Uh, I was just at the bait shop with uh, S&W Bait to kind of get an upgrade on what we're looking at for bait. Uh, she does have leeches, uh, at, at Sherry does, and I'm sure other bait shops will have leeches. They're not going to be real big yet. They're not the big jumbos that a lot of people like. But this time of the year, you probably don't need the big jumbos anywhere. Anyway, plenty of leeches, plenty of night crawlers. Spot tail shiners are going to be really hard to come by. And the reason for that is they need warmer water to spawn. And it wasn't that long ago when spot tail shiners in the Brainerd area was probably the primary trapping area for them. People from Minneapolis, even southern Minnesota would come up here and do trapping out of Gall Lake and North Long and round you'd see traps all over. Well, once those lakes got infested, they've been closed, and you can't go in there and trap them now. But even if they could trap them, it's been too cold. They're not spawning. So spot tail shiners are going to be hard to find. But you can get golden shiners, um, and that's S&W Bait, for example. I'm just using that because it's a locally close. They do have golden shiners available now. So fatheads, rainbow trout, uh, rainbow, not rainbow trout, <laughs> but rainbows and fatheads and golden shiners, leeches, nightcrawlers, plenty of those available. I think most of us probably would be going with the minnows more than leeches when the water is still in the 40s like it is right now. But there's some guys that live and die with leeches and, and still catch fish on them. So don't be afraid to, try, afraid to try anything. Crawlers are usually better when the water temperatures are in that mid-50 range. But, um, you know, I know people have tried them. But I, I've used them in the early spring when it's cold like this. Haven't had as much success. And, you know, you and I have talked before. It's, it's a tough business. You <laughs> mentioned Sherry at S&W Bait. You know, not only are all the restrictions that are on the waters and stuff right now but with these colder water temps and everything, that's got to be a tough thing to be in right now. You know, this this spring, when we would normally start getting nice weather in mid-March, uh, you would see a lot of people typically fishing crappies when you start getting a little open water here and there. And I think bait shops this spring, was it was a tough, tough time for them because there weren't a lot of people fishing uh, when we had that real cold weather. Then it got warm enough, and then it got the ice, ice kind of got on safe. And so it wasn't a real good time to start selling a lot of bait. So hopefully they can make up some of that lost time for what's what's going on now. You know, just this week was 84, 85 degrees. That's unbelievable. Monday is supposed to be 78 again. So, you know, hopefully they can catch up. Absolutely. Going forward, Ray, your gut feeling, what do you think about this weekend? You know, I'm I'm optimistic about it, and I think I'm optimistic just because two weeks ago I'm thinking, well, we're going to have to go to Florida to fish open water. <laughs> and it's just so good to see open water again. Uh, I've been on the leech a couple times this week just checking out the ice. I haven't been out there fishing, but uh, it's open and the ice has moved off and it should be safe. There's been some years, you know, when there's ice floating out there and people put their boats in. And then the water, the wind switches, and that ice comes in where they put their boats in and they're stuck. I don't think that'll be a problem this year. So I'm optimistic uh, on Leech Lake. Uh, as I said before, 2016 was a very good hatch year. Now, those fish aren't obviously big enough to be keeping yet. But I think there's a good population of 12 to 14-inch fish in Leech Lake. Uh, there's also a lot of bait fish, which is making it a challenge at certain times of the year. Uh, the perch numbers are not where the management wants them for leech, but they've come up from last year. The tulipies have had five really good years. 
when we get really hot summers, you know, days in the hundreds, 90s, the upper 90s, we lose a lot of tulipy. And that hasn't happened for about five years. So I think that a real good tulipy hatch and good numbers there are going to take some of the pressure off the perch. So, um, and just a couple other things about the limits. I know there's been a lot of people who are wondering, why don't you take the limits on perch and reduce them down to 10 instead of 20? Well, the, the DNR's research has shown that actually other things eat more perch than fishermen take them. So if they can have these other things balance out better, the perch numbers should be fine the way they are. And then they're also looking at, right now on leech, we have a four-fish limit, one fish over 26 inches. Anything under 20 has to be, can be kept, but between 20 and 26 has to be returned to the lake. So the DNR is looking at next year maybe loosening that up a little bit, maybe still having a four-fish limit, but maybe allowing one over 20. So whatever landing that you're going to go on if you're fishing on leech uh, this week, you will see a yellow sign at the landing telling people about upcoming meetings that are going to be held regarding what you think about that idea. It's a great idea. Absolutely. Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. Uh, Ray will be joining us here not only throughout the spring but summer as well and keeping us updated on on Leech Lake and some of the other area lakes. Ray, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good week. All right. When we come back, obviously the theme of the show this week is fishing cold water temps. John Thielen, host of Lindy's Fishhead TV on FSN, will join us. He's got some tactics on how to fish these colder waters and some tips on shore fishing when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors Fishing Opener Special. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, our fishing opener special. And hard to believe, just a few weeks ago, we were all wondering as to whether or not we'd be able to fish a lot of our lakes here in Minnesota with the ice still on them. But uh, here we are, and some colder water fishing. That'll be the the key this weekend. A few weeks back, I had a chance to talk to John Thielen, who is the host of Lindy's Fishhead TV on FSN. And he shed some light on some cold water fishing tactics, as well as some tips on shore fishing. The thing about these colder water tactics is, if you just make a couple little changes, you're going to be able to catch fish. I mean, there's there will be people that, that say, boy, those first few days after the ice goes off, it's really hard to catch them. And, and you know what? At times it can be, but you can still catch them if you make some adjustments. And, and we can certainly talk about some of those today. I think bait selection is a big deal. If we're going to, if we're going to have cold water, which I fully expect on opener, about every five years we have one of these. And if you, if you didn't make it on the last opener, you're 10 years removed from this weather. It was actually 2013, if I remember correctly. There was still ice on the shores on the Lax Lake on opener. But that year, every time we dropped a leech in the water, that leech would ball up. And, and if that leech is all balled up, the odds are that that leech is not going to catch you a fish. So one of the things that I change right away, if we're going to have cold water, is I'm going to fish minnows. And I'm going to fish minnows because they're they're already acclimated to that water temp. Um, you know, you put them in a bait tamer in your live well, and you've got water running into that live well, and those those minnows are are going to be in great shape. Where the leeches, they just can't handle that that super cold water when they get dropped in. So ultimately, that's one of the things I'm going to change right away. Is I'm I'm going to go to minnows. Second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put far less action on whatever the tactic is I'm using. So if I'm, if I'm Lindy rigging and I might've, when the fish are super aggressive, I might be holding that Lindy rig, you know, just six inches to a foot off the bottom, that weight, 
and and I might be using a heavier weight and moving a little bit faster. What I'm going to do as soon as I get in that cold water is, while I'm going to be using a minnow, the other thing I'm going to be doing is I'm also going to be probably moving as slow as I can make my boat move. I'm going to lighten that weight up a little bit. Maybe I'm going to go all the way down to an eighth ounce if I can get away with it. And then I might even at times just drag that weight further back away from the boat and just let that let that uh, minnow just work his way along, you know, right along the bottom, barely moving, because I don't feel like the fish are going to be up and as active if we're right behind the spawn. A lot of times they're they're laying a little bit tighter to the bottom and moving just a little slower, giving them a little more time to jump up and hit it can make a huge, huge difference too. And one thing I want to throw in about fishing minnows, whether we're fishing a jig or a lindy rig, keep this in mind. If, if you're lindy rigging, you really want your minnow to be moving. You want him alive. Just hook him through that soft spot in the upper lip. Don't go up through the skull and drag a dead minnow around. It can make a big, big difference if that minnow can actually put a little swimming action down there on his own. Now, if I'm jigging and I'm jigging really, really aggressively, it's going to be a little bit easier for me to justify letting that minnow die as I hook him. But if, if you're going to be just kind of dragging jig a little bit, you know, maybe you're going to downsize your jig just like we are a Lindy rig, maybe you're going to go down to a 16-ounce jig, maybe an eighth, and just drag it along. There's nothing wrong with lip hooking a minnow at that point and letting that minnow struggle along a little bit as well because that's just added natural action down there that can help. You know, one of the things you hear, John, uh, when you're fishing cold water, a lot of times a lot of anglers, I always say fish slow. And I think sometimes anglers don't know, especially those that don't get out a lot, really know what that means. And I think that's also a mistake, and myself included. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what you actually mean when you say fish slow. Sure. You know, if I'm in the middle of summer and that fit, that, that bite is just going crazy and fish are just going nuts, I might go with a Lindy rig 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 miles an hour. I might actually be really moving along. Now, one of the cool things is most everybody's running some type of GPS unit in their boat now. So you can get a real-time speed by looking at that GPS. I'll spend a lot of time, I, I run Humminbird Electronics. Everybody else makes good stuff too. They'll all give you the ability to look at your speed while you're drifting along. But what I'm looking at now is I'm going to try to get down to 0.3, you know, maybe 0.4. And there's there's various things you can do to get to those speeds. You know, maybe you're drifting and it means putting a second drift sock out. If you're trying to troll, maybe maybe it means just dialing it down a little more. Maybe you're using a drift sock in conjunction with, with your trolling motor. But the reality of it is slowing way down is not really slowing way down, okay? It's what you're used to on opener where you might be going 0.7, you know, maybe you're up to 0.8. You're not, you're not slowing down two or three miles an hour. But you, you might be slowing down half a mile an hour, maybe four-tenths, three-tenths of a mile an hour, and that can make a huge, huge difference. The other thing that I would say, too, and I've seen this happen a lot of times, especially in cold water early in the year, is getting your bait further away from the boat can make a big difference. So, you know, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about lightening up. In, in lightening up that weight that you're using, Getting that bait back further away from the boat can make a big, big difference. Is it the fact that the water's a little clearer at this time of the year? Very well could be. You know, on a lot of our natural lakes, that runoff just doesn't dirty it up if the wind's not actually blowing and, 
and and you know it's we're not talking a river situation here so maybe the boat bothers them a little bit in that colder water but the other thing is we are usually fishing a little shallower in those cold water springs and you know here we are this year you might be catching fish in five six seven feet of water and if you're drifting over the top of them or or back trolling over the top of them or pulling along with your your trolling motor, what you might find out is you're spooking some fish. So getting out further away from the boat can make a big, big difference and, and using that lighter weight. And one last thing, John, uh, shore fishing. That's something you wanted to talk a little bit about as well. Man, I, I think shore fishing is really overlooked. I'll, I'll give you a couple things that I firmly believe in, and I use these same things from the boat as well. Um, number one, remember this. With, with this late spring, the walleyes are still going to be near spawning grounds. So if you're picking spots to fish from shore, you know, think about those areas that you've read about over the years or you've seen on TV that are spawning areas. And what that's going to be is is your pea gravel type stuff, your harder bottom, your sand. You know, this isn't going to be your muddy bottom stuff. It's not going to be your weedy stuff. So you can rule out a lot of areas. If you've got a lake, now obviously you're not going to have a lot of weed growth this year when, when opener comes. I mean, that's just not going to be there because of the cold water. But if you know where those weeds usually grow, you're probably talking a softer bottom there, and you're probably in a situation where that's not where they're spawning. They're usually going to spawn more in those hard bottom areas, the gravel stuff, the sand stuff. So so the first thing I would do is, is, is eliminate about half the lake and get down to those areas, and maybe it's even more than that. But those areas from shore are going to hold more fish. Then the other thing is just understanding that it, it's so easy to cast from shore and bring it back too fast. Remember when you're bringing it back, take your time. I mean, it's, it's nothing for me to cast an eighth ounce jig with a minnow and take a couple minutes to work it all the way back. And I can stand next to somebody who takes 30 seconds to bring it back because when you're standing there on shore, you feel like you're not moving. Ultimately, you got to think about how fast am I moving that bait? And you really want to dial it down. I mean, you want to bring it back slow, let it sit on the bottom, give it a little left, a couple, couple turns of the reel, let it settle again. Work it back really slow. Give them time to get it. Because you got to understand that you might be casting an eighth-ounce jig right to where they're sitting. And if you bring it the first 10 feet too fast, they might not chase it back up that ledge quite as willingly as they might chase it down a ledge if you were in the boat. So slow down, especially at the beginning of your retrieve, and give those fish time if they're sitting right in that six, seven, eight feet of water where we're most likely going to be able to cast to. The other thing I would say is use, a light, use the lightest jig you can if you're casting. Remember, the fall rate is going to be much faster with a quarter-ounce jig than an eighth-ounce jig. And a lot of times, that slower fall each time you lift it will trigger more strikes in cold water than that faster fall you'll get with the heavier quarter-ounce jig. And then there's one last thing I would add. There's a gold mine opportunity, if you can find it, that, that I've seen on a lot of lakes over the years, and I use this when I'm casting from my boat or casting from shore. If you can find a creek coming in that's bringing water at this time of the year, it's just a magnet. And what's going to happen this year, I, I think, is with this late melt and, and everything going on, the water table's pretty high. If we get just a little bit of rain those last couple days before opener, it, it's going to be pretty cool. There's going to be a lot of little areas where there's inlets of water flushing into lakes. 
fish those areas, you know, pitch into that little bit of current, pitch into those areas. And you'll find a lot of times that it's just a magnet for fish that have finished spawning and they're over there grabbing whatever food is flushing into the system. Some great stuff from John Thielen. He is the uh, host of Lindy's Fish Head TV on Fox Sports North. Uh, John, if people want more information on you, uh, your TV show, and, and what you're up to, what's the easiest place to find all that? You know, I've got I've got a Facebook page. It's actually called Professional Angling Promotions slash my name, John J O N P Thielen. Um, you can you can find what I'm doing. You can you can kind of watch where I'm going around the country right there. Um, the other place that's really great is if you haven't seen the TV show or if you don't have time to see the TV show, you can go to Lindy Fishing Tackle's YouTube channel. And right there, we put all of these fish ad episodes up there. So you can, you can look at archived shows from years. And there's, there's always something there that no matter what the tactic is you're looking to go do, we've got a video out there to, to help you learn how to, how to do this. And, and once you watch some of those, you might say, Hey, that, that might be one of my new favorite shows to watch on Saturdays. And, and the new shows for Lindy's fish ad will kick off in December next year and uh, run again through the end of March. So, so there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there though, to see these episodes, um, whether it be on TV or online. John Thielen, host of Lindy's fish head TV Saturday mornings on Fox sports North. John, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, and hopefully we can have you on the show again here real soon. I'd love to, and I'm, I'm never too busy to talk fishing. There's nothing better in the world to get to talk about than fishing. So so anytime, Brian, I, I appreciate you having me on today. Good luck to everybody on opener. More of Brainerd Outdoors Fishing Opener Special after this. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors Fishing Opener Special here on B93.3. And you want to keep your reg book handy throughout the weekend. Not a ton of changes as far as regulations go, but one of the big ones is a big change in the Northern Pike regs. And I had a chance to sit down with Chris Cavanaugh, who is the Minnesota DNR Northeast Fisheries Manager, to talk a little bit about that. You know, beginning May 12th, we are going now going to have three distinct zones for Northern Pike throughout the state of Minnesota. And within each zone, there's a regulation that's more tailored to the specific characteristics of the general pike population within each of those zones. Probably the most significant thing about it, Brian, is, is in most of the state, what we're calling the north-central zone, we're allowing, going to allow anglers and spears to harvest 10 northern pike, um, but we're also going to institute a protected slot limit of 22 to 26 inches and only two pike larger than 26 inches. And you said that north-central section, that covers a pretty good swath of Minnesota. Yeah, and basically it covers from uh, everything north of Highway 7, which runs from about Ortonville to just south of the Twin Cities, and then everything west of Highway 53 from Duluth up to International Falls. So but when you pick up the new uh, fishing regulations book, on page 24 we've got a, a nice three-color map that shows where those zones are. So yeah, the north-central zone makes up the bulk of the state, and that's where we have... Probably the biggest issue with, you know, really high abundance of pike and a, and a high density of small fish. So this new regulation allows anglers and spears the opportunity to harvest more of those small fish. We're going to protect some of those medium-sized fish in that 22 to 26-inch protected slot, but they're not going to be in the protected slot for long. They'll come out the other end and then be available to harvest as 27, 28-inch fish. And that was going to be my next question, Chris. And, you know, maybe there's people listening right now going, well, why the change? And this was kind of concerted effort. You guys kept in contact with a lot of anglers in this north-central zone. 
And the big uh, concern, as you said, is the abundance of smaller pike, or what we like to call the hammer handle pike. And you guys basically want to rectify that because it can be a bit of a problem. Well, we want to try. And, you know, I've been with the agency for 30 years, and back in the, the late 80s, we were talking about what do we do about some of these pike populations that have high density of small fish. We've tried a bunch of things over the years. Some have worked, some haven't, but it's such a, a pervasive issue in so many lakes that going to individual waters management would be very difficult, very time-consuming, and very difficult for us to really administrate and then evaluate that. So going with these broader zone concepts, we think we can accomplish very much the same thing. One thing I do want to point out with these new regulations, Brian, is they're not designed to produce trophy fish. What it's designed to do is kind of move the needle on the average size of, of northern pike that anglers encounter and spears encounter while they're out fishing and to bump up the size of, of fish that they're able to harvest, while at the same time affording the opportunity for utilizing more of those smaller fish if they choose to. Now, that, that's the north-central uh, portion of the state, and as you said, a pretty good portion of Minnesota. I did want to touch on two other uh, areas, too, because there's some variations there as well, and that's the northeast sure. and south portions of Minnesota, too. You bet. So for the northeast zone, which goes from Duluth to International Falls, everything east of Highway 53, they're kind of what we call the Arrowhead region, there the bag limit on northern pike is going to drop from 3 to 2, and then throughout the zone there's going to be a 30 to 40 inch protected slot limit. Uh, and the idea there is, is we have we still have some really quality pike populations up in that zone. We generally have very low fishing pressure. The fish grow slowly but have the potential to grow very large. So we want to afford some protection to those larger fish. So it's going to be, like I said, a two fish bag limit, a 30 to 40 inch protected slot. Now come next winter for the spares, again, to recognizing the difficulty of determining the length of the fish while it's in the water. For spears, they're also going to have a two-fish bag limit, but only one of those fish may be larger than 26 inches. So we think that's going to help maintain the quality of, of the, the pike populations up in the northeast zone. When we go down to the southern zone, again, that's basically south of that line from Ortonville to just south of the Twin Cities. There, generally, the, uh, the northern pike populations are pretty low density. There, there just aren't a lot of them. They grow very fast. They don't tend to live real long down there because of the warm waters but they do grow fast. So there, you know, we're, we're, what we've heard from anglers and spears is they like the opportunity to harvest a little larger fish. To take advantage of those growth rates, again, it's going to be a two-fish bag limit, but a 24-inch minimum size limit for both anglers and spears down there. And some other things uh, that to pass along too, Chris, uh, the new pike regulations, they don't affect border waters, uh, fishing regulations, and special regulations that cover individual lakes, rivers, and streams, right? Exactly. So lakes that currently have a, a special experimental regulation that's different than the statewide reg, those are still going to be in place. And I'd encourage anglers to take, take a close look at the fishing regulations book when they buy their license this spring and look at those that list of lakes that have the, the different regulations. We also have signs out on the accesses. We are going to look at all those lakes and see whether they, they fit in the zone regulation better or if we're achieving the objectives of, of more of a trophy management approach with the special regulation, in those cases we would maintain it. But we are going to take a look at those over the next several years and, and make some decisions. Also on lakes, you know, on the border waters, you know, like the uh, the Mississippi River between Minnesota and Wisconsin, 
like up on the Canadian border waters or some of the any of the border waters, there those regulations are are not going to the zone regs. They are staying consistent with the borders water border water regs. So you think anglers are going to be pretty receptive to uh, these changes? Uh, you know, I, I talking to a lot of people, they they're pretty happy about it. And sometimes we forget that pike can be pretty good table fare, too. Absolutely. And, you know, when we went through the public input process, which was really very extensive on this, we heard a lot of really positive comments from folks that, that they're, they're very supportive of these things. Um, you know, it's gonna, it, we really do think here in the north central zone especially, it's going to move the needle. We're not going to have trophy northern pike fisheries in a lot of these waters, but we're going to have greater opportunity for anglers and spearers to encounter fish in the upper 20-inch range, which they say they, they want to be able to see and be able to harvest. Uh, that This provides that opportunity. So if people want more information, uh, maybe want to dig a little bit deeper into the, the meat and potatoes of this whole thing, Chris, is there a place they can go to find that info? Well, yeah, we've got some information in the Fishing Regulations book also on the DNR website. If you go to the DNR site in the upper right-hand corner in the search, just type in Northern Pike, and then that will take you to a bunch of this information. And then by all means, I would encourage folks to reach out to the local area fisheries office and and talk with the staff there about what they see as, as uh, potential changes or, or effects on lakes within that immediate area. But, you know, I just reiterate that this is kind of a big deal with pike regulations. It's been over 70 years since there's been a statewide change, and so I'm pretty excited to see what, what changes we're going to see out there over the years. That's for sure. Chris Cavanaugh, he is uh, the Minnesota DNR Northeast Regional Fisheries Manager and a good friend of Brainerd Outdoors, always helping us out with some information. Chris, I appreciate it as always, and uh, we'll check in with you here down the line, okay? Thanks, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors Fishing Opener Special after this. Time for our famished fisherman recipe here on Brainerd Outdoors. As always, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon joins us. And uh, interesting one this week, Joel, we go the fish route. Broiled walleye with red cabbage slaw. Sounds tasty. It's very tasty. Well, we figured we all know how to broil a walleye, so we don't got to focus on the meat section anymore. We got to, you know, step into a couple of sides and a couple of cool, cool toppings for it. So we'll do a red cabbage slaw. Obviously, we're going with the kiss method. Keep it, keep it short and simple. Um, so we're gonna start off by having all of our red cabbage, carrots, and julienne uh, red onions. Make sure to have all that chopped up, ready to rock. Um, and then we're gonna start mixing up a little bit of olive oil. Cider vinegar, apple cider vinegar, a little Dijon mustard, some brown sugar to sweeten it up just a bit. I'll toss in some salt, fresh cracked pepper. Mix that together, and then we'll add in all of our, all of our uh, julienne, you know, julienne onions, our shredded carrots, shredded cabbage. Mix that together real good. You know, throw in a little bit of fresh chopped parsley. If you have you know, green onions laying around too, those would be a nice little addition in there, nice little color. I'm gonna pop that in the cooler. Let it sit, let it meld together for you know upwards to upwards to an hour. Right before you're going to eat, pull it out, let it come to room temperature, and serve over some broiled walleye. And I would think a couple of things. Number one, you don't necessarily if you maybe you didn't want to broil your walleye, you it's can make it any way any, you want. Any way you want it to go. I just we you know we're kind of focusing on focusing on a little something different. Sure, good stuff. Well, if you want to try it, head to our website BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, and you can try broiled walleye with red cabbage slaw. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian. And that'll put a wrap on this week's show, our big fishing opener special. Good luck. Be safe out on the water. And don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors each and every weekend, just after 7 Saturday mornings, 7 o'clock Sunday nights, and 5 a.m. Monday mornings, right here on B93.3. You can also stream the show live if you're away from your radio or out of town, still want to catch it, go to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, click on the Listen Live tab, and a variety of ways to listen on demand. We have the show on demand on the website as well, and we're all over the 
podcast world, Podcast One, iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, you name it, wherever you listen to podcasts, download, subscribe to Branded Outdoors, give us a great rating, we'd appreciate that. Just another way for you to catch the show. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Branded Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vernal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, s W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Napa Auto Parts in Baxter, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Nielsen Hardware and RV, your Central Minnesota Ice Castle dealer, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.